to Say It Southern. Aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. Today, we are talking with Jamie Hurd, one of four women who joined together to create the nonprofit organization Faithfully Restored. These four friends have all suffered tragedy in their lives. And while each one went through a different experience, they all had one thing in common, the support of their community. A community willing to wrap their arms around these women individually. And together, these four women wanted to do the same for others. They want women to know that they are loved and not alone because the healing process is not easy and it's different for everyone. Join us now as we say it Southern with Jamie Hurd. Today we've got Jamie Hurd on with us, one of the four co-founders of Faithfully Restored, the nonprofit organization out of Brentwood, Tennessee. Hey, Jamie. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, we're so excited to have you on today. Tell us a little bit about Faithfully Restored. Well, me and three other women got together and kind of through life experiences that we've had, um, we lost our two and a half year old Mm. almost five years ago. He choked at lunch one day and walking through that and the community that surrounded me um, was amazing. And in my small group of friends, my friend Heather is a two-time breast cancer survivor. She was diagnosed first right before she was 30. And so we kind of walked through that with her and she relapsed quickly after. And then Jamie Hamilton is another founder and she dealt with infertility. So as we were all having kids, she was dealing with infertility and has adopted two sweet little kids Mm -hmm. domestically since then. And then after William died, about six months later, someone right down the road who I didn't know, but Jenny Rebecca Springer lost her eight-year-old son, Hayes, in a car accident. Oh, my goodness. And so we connected after that. A mutual friend called me and said, hey, one of my friends is experiencing this. What helped you? What is good to say? What's not good to say? How can I be a friend to her? And so I wrote her a letter and sent her a book that I love that helped me and offered to meet with her. And so we met and then we became fast friends. And that bond that we have, having both lost children, is something that has really helped us both in the healing process. Mm. And we both went on to have, um, it's her fourth boy and our third child, Annie. And so... um, Annie and Hyde are pretty close in age. So that was really helpful to have someone know the depth of the pain. As much as my close friends could be there for me, there was a difference in having Jenny Rebecca know the pain that I'd experienced. So as we went through those trials and community that wrapped around us, we never felt alone. We have such friends and church families that wrap their arms around us. And after experiencing something like that, a lot of times you become the person just like our friend called when it happened with Jenny Rebecca, you become the person that people call Mm -hmm. whenever they have a friend that is going through cancer, that is, you know, wants to adopt and knows nothing about adoption. And so Heather, Jamie and I 
I feel like God put on us kind of a weight of you're hearing about all these women. What are you going to do about it? And we would always call each other and be like, I heard about this. Can you pray for this person and this person? And we thought we don't want these women to feel alone. So at the very least, let's get together once a month and write encouraging notes to them. Let them know they're loved. Let them know they're not alone and let them know that they're there's hope in Jesus. Mm. And so that's how it started. We asked Jenny Rebecca to join us and it started as once a month getting together. We didn't have a shortage of women to write to and encourage. And so we started sending care packages and encouraging notes. And after a few months realized this could really turn into something. And so we went through the process of becoming a nonprofit and it has honestly, God's provided every step of the way through that. We had our launch event last August of 2019 and I was teaching full time and felt called away from my job and left. And after a kickoff event, a few months later, a donor came to us and said, my husband and I would really like to pay for your salary. And Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I started crying. I was like, does this really happen? Yeah. And so, because I felt so torn leaving a really good job that I loved. And so very quickly, God confirmed you're right where you're supposed to be. Mm. And so on staff right now, I'm part-time and Heather is part-time and, um, it's just really, it's been such a blessing and heal and an important factor in our healing process as well. By healing yourself, is that from just helping others or from, you know, mm-hmm. hearing other, you know, stories and not feeling so alone? It's really by helping others. Whenever I think by whenever I'm writing a note and sending a care package and writing the truth that I believe and the promises that I believe, I can't help but think that I'm providing joy and letting this woman know that she's not alone. And in that there's joy for myself and knowing that she's going to receive that note and care package and not feel alone. And in her grief or loss or, you know, for adoption, we love to send care packages with a baby gift while they're in the waiting process, which I honestly, it's an awkward time. And having not been around Jamie in that process, probably wouldn't ever buy a baby gift for someone that is in the waiting process of adoption. But Jamie's told us, you know, that's a really lonely process where if you're pregnant, you're having a baby shower and people are asking you and it can just be an awkward time and they're longing to be a mom. If they could be a mom yesterday, they would have, Mm. you know? And so meeting women where they are, I think. And we also, so sending notes and care packages, one thing kind of our, bread and butter of what we do and what we like to do. Um, but also something that's probably been the most rewarding for me is we match prayer partners. So just like Jenny, Rebecca and I coming alongside of each other, we on our website is where you submit a prayer request or you can sign up to be a prayer partner. And we try to match women that have gone through similar situations. So someone that maybe a single mom that is divorced and then another single mom that is kind of five years out or 10 years out. So they can know the pain of where that woman is at that time and speak to them. And the weight of those words 
really carry such power in knowing that they know how I felt. And so we do that a lot with adoption, with someone that is in the waiting process and then someone that has adopted already. Uh, we've seen it with infidelity in marriages where we connected to people that had come out on the other side of infidelity and restored their marriage. And then someone that was really working and wanting to do that. And the four of them went to dinner, husband, wife, all four of them went to dinner. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was, and that really, when we connect people, that's not really what we expect is them to all go to dinner or something like that. We really just match them. And then whatever's meant to happen is meant to happen. We, another one, two people were dealing with anxiety and they kind of became pen pals during quarantine. And just last week drove two and a half hours each to meet and have lunch. Mm. I mean, that's not expected either, but God is doing big things. And so we always kind of sit back and, and are amazed at what happens, but that's been really cool for me to see and just connect women like that as well. Well, like, that's what we need. Yeah. I mean, we just, we thrive on connection. Mm-hmm. And I like to hearing you mention anxiety because it's not just traumatic things that have happened to someone. It's things that we're dealing with every day as women. Exactly. We try to say that anytime we speak at something, we always, because it can be intimidating listening to, and not very relatable, honestly, probably for a lot of people to not have experienced a loss of a child or cancer or what we think of as big losses, but we always, we always say your pain or your struggle is real and it's big to you and it's big no matter what it is, loss of a job, it's anxiety, you know, it's whatever it is and it's real. And I think the enemy would love to downplay that and not, and make you feel like, well, why are you feeling this? You haven't lost a child or you're not really dealing with anything that's important. And that's not true. Those are lies that you shouldn't believe that we want women to feel whatever they're going through is real and you're not alone in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's like you said a minute ago that all the things that you mentioned are awkward moments. They, mm-hmm. they are the things that, you know, when the rest of the world goes, oh, I don't know, I shouldn't touch that, that you guys are running towards, you know, that you, that's, that's, that's where you're operating. You're living in those awkward moments because we don't think about what to do for the family that is trying to adopt or when somebody just finds out they have breast cancer or what do you do immediately when somebody's lost a child? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the rest of the world empathize. I mean, we, but we, and we sympathize, but we, we don't know what to do. So is that kind of why this was formed? It's really came out of how we were loved on. It's not out of a lack of what we didn't have It's how our community wrapped around us and how I still receive notes, even from strangers. It's William anniversary of his death will be five years in December. And I still get random notes. I still at holidays, people write me and say, I'm still thinking about you. I know December is hard. And um, so it was formed out of what we have and how that has helped us continue and keep our faith throughout 
our different tragedies. And just, you know, with loss of child, you said kind of coming in at the beginning, what something we love to do with a loss is there's a lot of support often in the beginning. Yeah. Those first few months, you get a lot of cards, you have meals coming in and those are, you need that too. And you need someone maybe getting someone hiring to do your lawn or all those things that become overwhelming tasks when you've experienced a loss, but also three months, six months later, when the car, you go to the mailbox and the cards aren't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And it feels like people have kind of gone on with their life. And here you are in such a dark place of grieving and the support kind of dies off. So we love to, when we hear about the loss of a child or something, we'll kind of Every prayer request that comes in, we try to evaluate what do they need? Is it financial support? Is it a note? Is it a card? Is it where we make a note for six months later or where they're going to experience their first Christmas without their husband or without their child or without um, someone they love? A lot of we've had siblings pass away, like even later in life, just unexpected loss of a sibling, you know, in their 30s. That that's hard. And that's. Yeah hard to deal with. And a lot of times we'll come in before holidays to let them know or before an anniversary, really the day of the anniversary isn't as bad as the waiting period and the anticipation of that date. And so a few weeks before an anniversary of the death or something, we'd love to send a note and say, I know this is a hard time for you and your loved one is still loved. You're being prayed for. And, um, let them know. So we try to evaluate what the best way to approach the situation is and what they need. Is that something that you decide, the four of you decide, or is that something that um, maybe the individual has requested saying, I feel like I need more of more cards help me or visits help me, or I need to connect with someone that's gone through something like Mm -hmm. me. It kind of depends when we get prayer requests, I'd say half of them are, friends writing on behalf of someone they know Mm -hmm. and half are the actual person writing. And so it really kind of depends that depends on how much information they give at the beginning too. Now we always write back and say, even writing this was a step of courage. Like, thank you for asking for prayer. Um, and it really kind of depends a lot of times you, we all read the email. So a lot of times we'll kind of talk amongst the four of us and decide who would best handle this. You know, we try to, if it's a loss of a child or a lot, my dad committed suicide when I was 25. So if we get a suicide um, request, you know, that I can kind of relate to, mm-hmm. I'll do it. So it really depends on what comes in and what we feel is the best way to handle it. It seems like for women, it's, it's hard to ask for help. It's hard to ask for prayer What do you say to those women? I know. And that's something, like you said, walking into those awkward moments and trying to normalize the things we're struggling with and bringing attention to them and letting them know that it's okay to ask for help. Um, We just always encourage people to reach out, no matter how small the issue you think it is. We also, I mean, until recently tried to hold events that bring women together and that they're able to serve in a tangible, easy way. Like we held an event at, or at Valentine's day 
where you showed up, we had breakfast and we were making bags for cancer patients. And so you came in, you got a bag, you filled it with different things. You wrote a handwritten note, prayed over the bag. And honestly, some women just need friends and community. And so for them to come to an event like that and connect with someone or be around other women is even meeting a need. Um, and so I think some people that's maybe struggling with connection where the, as they wouldn't go to our website and say, I'm really struggling with connection can come to one of our events and kind of get what they need. But we're always trying to encourage people. It's hard because you don't want to highlight women's tragedies. You don't want to yeah. be like, we, this person that just lost her husband, here's what we did for them. And you know, it's, yeah, mm-hmm. It's hard, but we want people to know that we are here no matter what happens. So, for example, we just last night recorded some videos, and um, one of the girls that told her stories is she came to our launch event and at a time in her life where she really just had a loss of connection and was really struggling and feeling anxious and got connected with us. And she is like the model person because... She contacted us and said, you know, I'd love to know more information. Her and her husband wanted to do an end of the year gift even. So helped financially and which is always a bonus, but more so for her, she kind of got involved and has recently, she took on prayer partners and she has recently um, taken on a project where that's also something the four of us can't do this all. And we want to bring women in to kind of start progress project. So she took on a project and in between Memorial Day and the 4th of July, she sent out 11 care packages to military wives that their husbands were deployed. Mm. So that whole project is something we love and have a heart for. But honestly, the four of us didn't have time to do that. Yeah. And she loved it. And it brought her so much joy to shop for those women and pray for those women and organize that. So really... We want to meet the needs of women, whether it's connecting with someone, whether it's just prayer, whether it's coming to an event, you know, whatever it is. So what about the women that, you know, are more private in their struggle and they, and something is really, you know, going on internally or they, they want to remain anonymous. How, How do you handle those types of situations? We have people like that, honestly, not often though. I think maybe if someone is, they probably wouldn't even reach out or have the courage to reach out. Um, but there has been a few and we will still, we always ask them if we can assign them a prayer partner, but we'll just do so with a first name and not give out an address. We've even sometimes said, if you want to, for the prayer partners, if you want to send us something, here's our address and we can give it to them. Um, but honestly, that. I think women that are reaching out, um, I'm, I can probably think of twice that that has happened out of, you know, the hundred people we've done. And I think if people are reaching out, they're like, yeah, why not? It won't hurt to have someone else praying for me. Mm-hmm. And Is there one story, one woman in particular that stands out in your mind having done this a year now? Gosh, I think the story with the infidelity and how that they met as couples and how they're pouring into each other was pretty powerful because 
when that prayer request came in, I thought, oh, I, my heart goes out to her and I want to walk alongside of her and want to, I want their marriage. I mean, I don't know her whatsoever. It turns out I delivered a package and she lives like in the neighborhood across the street from me. I was like, okay, we're actually really close. Wow. Um, but, um, I didn't know, I didn't know how to help her. And I almost felt my words coming from someone that really had no idea what she was going through and being married myself. I don't know. I, I almost felt weird saying things to her because I know I wanted to say things that then would come across like maybe her marriage, maybe they wouldn't get back together. And then I thought, gosh, my words, like, did I say the right thing? And so I think that story connecting those people and having, you know, just the gratitude that that woman has expressed to us is just unbelievable. And, um, it's been great. So how far reaching is your organization? I mean, can, are people contacting you just from the Nashville area or all across the South? It's actually all over. We take prayer requests from anywhere. Um, we'll send care packages to, you know, people in Seattle. We've sent some California. We've sent some, um, really all over. We actually got our first international are from Canada, a prayer request from Canada. Um, and so it really, because it's online, it can be open to anyone and we ship a lot. Now, locally, we do deliver some care packages or send cookies locally or something like that. But honestly, we can serve women everywhere. And I've even looked locally and cause we'd love to try to support people however we can, if that looks like trying to find a local restaurant that we can buy a gift card from to send to a woman. Like we want to support that local restaurant and send them a gift card. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, there was a few in South Carolina. I looked at what restaurants they had near and we've sent dinner to people in Knoxville and in different things. Um, We had a prayer request right around mother's day come in and it was going to be her first mother's day without her mom. And one of my neighbors lost her mom And she said, I would love to donate and send a letter to someone that is experiencing their first Mother's Day without their mom. And so we organized dinner in Knoxville, but she donated to kind of fund that and was able to write a personal letter and knowing that her money was going somewhere and she could pour into that woman was really beneficial for both. And the girl that received it was just like, my gosh, that someone is thinking about me experiencing this, um, was, was really cool to her. Now you keep talking about the care packages. What, what comes in a care? Is that kind of how you started this? Because you're you're talking about care packages. It is, but we say care packages. It's so random. I mean, we don't have, I think eventually we would love on our website to have a shop where, you know, you, your friends experience a miscarriage where we put together right. a care package to send her or something like that. But it's honestly, um, we send a lot of books, you know, like a hundred days to brave to someone going through some something or they're very catered to what that person is going through. I, through the eyes of a lion is a book that I read by Levi, Levi Lusco when I, when we lost William. And so I always send that to someone who's lost a child because it really helped me. Um, 
included can be, and we also get donations. Um, so Thrive Cosmetics donated a ton of mascara and blush. Mm. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> so we send makeup. I mean, it can be makeup. It can be someone that just needs a little pick-me-up where it's a book and mascara. It can be, um, we did like Bible verse keychains. Uh, it can be, you know, we've sent gift cards to restaurants. You know, we really, it's, it's random. So I say a care package, but all the fields donated a hundred blankets. And so mm. we have a hundred blankets that we'll give out. Um, we try to get some donations too. And then we love to support, like I said, local organizations and buy from them to then give out. So it's so intentional. Mm-hmm. Is the website the best place to go to sign up to maybe give a, give something for the care package or to be a prayer partner? Mm-hmm. Uh, com is our website. And also we have on there Amazon wish list. So some of the stuff that we include in our care packages are on there. Um, so that's a great way. It's so easy to two clicks on Amazon and send something. And so we can have kind of a little stock room of things. So as prayer requests comes, come in, we would love eventually to have an office with some storage and Right now, I'm working from home, working from my car, working from anywhere, and um, we kind of have our stuff scattered. But that is a good way, an easy way to give as well um, and kind of see what we what we tend to give out. We ho- hosted a – we kind of partnered with another local nonprofit in November and did a bedding and book drive with Bloom Family Design, and they go in for foster and adoptive families go in and totally do the room and design it. I mean, their rooms are incredible and they design it for the baby and child to come home to. Mm. And so we did a drive. We probably had 300 gifts that were purchased on Amazon that they sent in. Um, and then it was the sweetest little morning. We kind of wanted people that maybe were interested in adopting. And it turned out all the women that came, were either in the process or had adopted or were involved in foster care. And that's the one thing with starting this, we didn't have, we have a vision, but we don't have expectations or a budget that has to be made right now. And so it's really cool to just kind of open up your hands and say, whatever happens is God's will and design for it. And at that event, I look over and the sweet little mom who was in the waiting process had had at that time in November over 40 no's of wow where they had picked other families. And a girl was praying over her that had, I think a two-year-old at the time that had adopted. So as much as I want to love on that one mom, I don't know what to say to her. And my prayer for her didn't hold near as much weight. As, and, and someone said to her, you will feel a loss until you hold a baby in your arms. And she said, I really needed to hear that because I so wanted to be okay, even though I didn't have a baby. And she said, and I just wasn't, I was just longing for that child. And for someone to speak into her that knows what she's talking about and say, it's okay. Like you're going to feel that way until you hold a baby. Um, and that mom just recently got babies but oh good <laughs> we all have an event coming up next week i believe right august 16th we do 
So next Sunday night. So it was supposed to be in April, which is Donate Life Month, but it got canceled. Mm -hmm. But now it's going to be online, which anyone can tune in, which is a great thing. Um, It's at the Loveless Barn. We're recording live from the Loveless. So um, people keep saying, can I go? And I'm like, we're like, no, no, no. We can have 25 people there. And that's basically our team. Um, But it'll be recorded. So I'll sit down for the first time with, so after William died, we had the option to donate his organs. And so, which was really an answered prayer for us because it was just a really dark time. And then after being presented with that, we thought, you know what, this is why his heart started beating. He's with Jesus, but there's a plan for his life. Mm -hmm. And so quickly after the transplant was on a Monday and by Tuesday night, we had connected with the recipient of his heart. Wow. I mean, unbelievable story of just hope and God's design. And so it was a little girl in Chicago named Ava. She was 18 months old. So I'll sit down with Elizabeth Hasselbeck is one of my friends. So we'll sit down with her and Amy, Ava's mom, and just kind of tell William and Ava's story and how we've connected and what's come of that. They're some of our best friends. We go on couples trips and travel with them and it's unbelievable. And uh, so we'll sit down and share Ava and William's story. And then we have three incredible songwriters that will perform and kind of share the stories behind their songs. Jamie, that's unbelievable. That I'm, It's so cool meeting you now because I read your story. I didn't know it was you about, it was a picture of the mother holding the daughter Ava. Mm-hmm. And it was about how now you're seeing this beating heart and this mother holding her child. And I bawled my eyes out. I was like, this is amazing. And like, but I was thinking like, I couldn't imagine the mother who lost this child mm-hmm. and what she must feel like looking at, at her son's heart. I didn't know it was William at the time. So mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing. It, um, it's, it's been so healing to be a part of their lives and, we just did 10 days in Michigan with them a few weeks ago, me and the girls and Amy and uh, her two girls. And um, it's just incredible to hold her. And uh, she calls me her stepmom. She, uh, <laughs> we were like laying there watching a movie one night. And uh, she's like, you know, I'm kind of like your stepkid. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been so cool. It could not have, I mean, it was it's just God's design of it. And the family could not have been a better family to be involved with. I mean, we gained an entire family in Chicago and all over their whole extended family, everything. It's been amazing. And we had Madeline was four at the time. And so it has played a really big role in her losing a sibling. Yeah. You know, she went from, you know, two and four, they're like best friends, spend all day together. And then she didn't have a sibling and she will say that her brother saved Ava. Mm -hmm. And for that to have, um, as part of her story has been really cool. Um, as well as now we have Annie who she just turned three. And so even having Annie Madeline feels like is she'll talk about the two years that she was, you know, by herself and then God provided Annie. And so, um, yeah, just, 
a really cool story. And we hope people tune in and listen to it on the 16th. We'll air it from Facebook and YouTube. And it's at 7 o'clock Central Time. And I think it'll be a really special event. I'm kind of sad that I envisioned being surrounded with people that loved me in a room full of people. But, um, you know, I think it's really cool that someone from anywhere can now watch and listen and hear it. So yeah. well, hopefully our listeners from all over yeah. will be listening. We'll, yeah, we'll spread the message for sure. I mean, well, Jamie, you. you're such a special person and this is so divine. I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's women helping women, telling their stories and sharing their heart and sharing what they've been through to help mm-hmm. others. So, Well, we're not meant, I mean, this world's so broken, um, but we're not meant to walk it alone. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie, tell us how, if, if somebody wants to connect with you or just, like Sarah asked earlier, submit a prayer request or just wants to reach out, is Instagram, we, we know the website, but tell us your Instagram handle. Yep, our Instagram is Faithfully Restored Women, and we have Facebook and Instagram, and on our website, you can sign up to have a newsletter that you'll get all of their information and stay up to date with us as well as on our website is our personal emails. So if you are listening and feel a connection with a story, maybe you're experiencing um, infertility and are looking to adopt, if you want it, we're so available, all four of us. And also we have connections with people that if you are like, well, no one's probably experiencing this, probably someone is and Mm -hmm. we would love to connect you with someone that is. So whether that's an Instagram DM or a Facebook message, we're very available and encourage anyone to reach out. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and informing us on Faithfully Restored in, in Brentwood, Tennessee. Well, I'm so glad you left teaching and answered that call and you got a big old ministry out there. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me and letting me share about it. Yes. So good to meet you both. You too. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so I just want to share this real quick. I got choked up when I realized that Jamie is the mother of the little boy that passed away and donated, the parents gave the heart, donated his organs. Yeah, so you had read that somewhere. So I read this story on their website, not knowing, you know, that I'd ever meet the mother, but it's a picture of... The little girl, Ava, who now I know she's nine years old. I know her yeah. whole story. She has William's heart. She's got William's heart, and she's being held by a woman who, when I looked at the picture, thought was her mother. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I can't imagine holding my daughter knowing, like, she wouldn't be here without this little boy's heart in right, her. Right, And then I also couldn't imagine being the mother of the little boy and looking at this and knowing that... That's his heart. I, so many emotions, like... Anger, not anger, but like maybe a little bit of anger or jealousy that she's holding my son's heart. Sure. And I want to be holding that heart and that, yeah. that boy in mm-hmm. my arms. Mm-hmm. But then also to see this little girl growing and knowing that it's because of her son. Yeah. I, I just had so many emotions reading that. Like I was just crying and I just couldn't couldn't believe it. And I just couldn't imagine what that mother was feeling uh-huh. who had lost the son. Uh-huh. And so when she starts talking at the very beginning, I'm like, is this the woman. So I was just like amazed because I, I never thought I'd meet her. Well, yeah. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, 
Yeah. You're like standing here in front of me right now. Yeah. Like that woman took all that and started Faithfully Restored. Yes. Yes. It's, it's honestly, it leaves me like speechless. Mm -hmm. You know, it really does Mm -hmm. because I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. So many people go through things and that's the thing. I mean, if you're living in your house thinking that you've got something going on that nobody else can relate to, that's a lie, number one. Mm-hmm. We all have our stuff. Mm-hmm. We all have somebody that's done something that, or a tragic a story. And it doesn't even have to be tragic. We all struggle with something. We're all human. And what she was talking about is being able to connect to somebody that's on a level like you are. But I'm just so proud of women who aren't afraid to talk about their junk. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard. It and admitting, so hard. admitting that yes. you need help or yes. admitting that... Admitting that you're angry, that that child, that yours had to die so that one could live. hmm You know? Yeah. And then like working through that out and now you're going on vacation with them? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. I that just, is I nothing imagine. but God. That I is nothing really. mm-hmm. but the power of Jesus is mm-hmm. what that is. Because you don't have the human strength to do that. mm it's, it's just unbelievable to me. And I'm so proud of women that are running into a situation when everybody else is running away. And I, I know I keep saying that. That is just something that is so big to me. That is so big to me. And I think the older I get and the more life that I experience and the more friends that I have that, that go through things that really suffer, you just realize that you don't have to do it alone, you know, and you just realize the importance of showing up mm-hmm. and and just offering something, even if it's nothing, just offering something, yeah. either if it's an ear to listen, if it's a, you know, a dinner date, if it's whatever it is. Well, and I love that it's like connecting other people. So maybe that's what it is. Like I can't help someone with, with infertility. Right. But I know plenty of people that have been through this. Yeah. So I could definitely connect people. Yeah. And I love, that's what they're doing. I know. And it's just, even just a prayer request, like I would feel comfortable sending them a prayer request. Oh, for sure. You know, especially when it's like email and not like, hey, do you mind praying for me yeah. or yeah. praying for my make, friend? That, that, sometimes you know. that makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I'm all about it. I'm a, you but, are, but <laughs> <laughs> some of us over here. Swing by the front door, I'll pray for you. <laughs> yes. But... No, yeah. I mean, I, I love, and that's why I asked that, because I think people need to know, like, can you do this anonymously, you know, mm-hmm. because um, so many people aren't to that point. And I think a lot of it's how we're raised, don't you? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think our mothers and our grandmothers struggle with stuff, and our great-grandmothers, that they, they're not ever going to tell or talk about, or they were, they were told to put on a pretty face and, and mm-hmm. go on. Yeah. And I do think a lot of that, too, is personalities, too. Because some it people is. do right. kind of have that, like, well, right. I want everything to be this way. And it, yeah. when it's not, that yeah. hurts them Yeah, personally, you know. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I thought about during the um, the interview with her was the podcast that we did with Don Barton. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one of the – a lot of them come back to my mind. Um, but her – the interview that we did with her and just her story – it yeah. it just makes you laugh yeah. because and you know that's the title of her book laughing through the ugly tears and yeah or the ugly cry, ugly cry. and it just 
I mean, she is a faithful, faithfully restored woman. I mean, yeah. No I mean, breast <laughs> cancer, met. lost a child, mm-hmm. husband had an addiction issue, now recovered. Someone broke into her apartment, stole some stuff, raped her. What else? I don't her even know. Sister passed sister away. Sister passed away. Uh-huh. Her mother was sick. Everything. It, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. And she, over all that, chooses joy. Mm-hmm. And it just comes down to a simple choice. That is the thing. Mm-hmm. That is the thing. I mean, it's it's about how you respond to what happens to you and not how you react. You can you can go one way or the other way. Mm-hmm. You have to choose the emotion. I also want to talk about just the power of a note. Yeah. That they're doing. Yes. The power of a handwritten note, just yes. letting someone know that they are thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Or have been there or or don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say, mm-hmm. but just know You're that I'm mind. thinking of you. Mm-hmm. I love you. If there's something you need, you call me. Yeah. Yeah. And the story about the two couples, too. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, and just to see, I mean, that's got to give them such hope to see another couple who's been through that and is, has made it. And either it works or it doesn't. Uh, yeah. You as know? hard as that, I can't imagine how hard that must be. Yeah. Really. With, but, it's a lot, and it's a lot of the stuff that even um, uh, the therapist, Laura, that we talked to not too long ago just talks about the self-work, you know, and just like really looking in your life and going, okay, there's a way to remedy and rectify and restore some of this stuff, you know, but I'm going to have to do some work. And it's going to be some uncomfortable conversations and looking myself in the mirror with some hard truths. But like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, like why not work to do it? Yeah, because it seems like such an easy way to help others. Yeah. And the fact that these three women, with three different things happen, one loses a child, one has breast cancer twice, one is suffer- you know, going through infertility and adoption, and then they meet another friend. You know, Jenny Rebecca comes along. She's also lost a child. So it's like everybody's being connected, and yet there are all these women, like, moving on every day, like mm-hmm. a new day. I don't mm-hmm. even know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Is that everybody <laughs> Just, struggles with something. Yeah. And and you, and you they were able to take all that loss and all that hurt and all that grief, group it together, mm-hmm. form a ministry, and, I mean, look what's happened. Mm-hmm. It really just, it just solidifies the power of, like, putting one foot in front of the other and figuring out, like, there's more to the story than, than just what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that was chapter one. Well, it's chapter two. Let's move through it. Let's work through it. Let's let's start something because of it. Let's let it be bigger. Don't let that be your story. Mm-hmm. It can either define you or you can define it. Amen. Sister. Girl, I got it Amen. today, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of yours, one of your episodes, Courtney. <laughs> <That's> up, box. <laughs> Don't be defined by your circumstances. Amen. Well, I'm excited about their event that's coming up August 16th. Yeah, live cast. That'll be awesome. Elizabeth Hesselbeck is amazing. Mm-hmm. I used to love her. What was the show that she? The View. She was on the View. The View for yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but OG. She was an OG View. Um, Wasn't she on Survivor too? Anchor. I don't know. You she know, she married like the quarterback. A, yeah, she won yeah, a reality show or something. I think it was Survivor. Probably. I don't know. All you reality people. I don't know. Y'all don't just know. know what each other participate <laughs> on. I don't know. I'm over here eating Lay's potato chips and watching you. 
Um, anyway, yeah, that'll be a great event. And I love the Loveless Barn. And um, I'm anxious to see what songwriters that they have. Mm-hmm. That'll be neat. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I'm going to tune into that. That's next Sunday, next Saturday. Next Sunday. Okay. August Perfect. 16th. Yeah. Perfect. Live from the Loveless. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in today. And we will.